Turn with me, Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, before we go to Genesis chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 19. As we are reminded of the injustice of babies being murdered in the womb, I want us to remember what God says in His Word. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. There's nothing more wicked than killing a baby in the womb. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. God hates those things. So we thank Him for His mercy. Even that happened this past Friday. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. This morning as we look at God's Word and our VBS recap of the sanctity of life, I want us to recommit to the truths in God's Word in regards to the value of life and the sanctity of life. You'll find those five truths that we're going to recommit our hearts and our lives to found in God's Word, but... Here, we're going to make sure you guys can take note of those in your bulletin. Number one is the beginning of life made in God's image. The beginning of life made in God's image. Look at Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 1 first. Follow along as I read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a pretty bold statement. In the world that we live, that is a very bold statement. We as Christians, we want to recommit ourselves to God's word to say, yes, God is the creator of all things. He's literally created the, the heavens and the earth six 24-hour days. And on the seventh day, he rested. This is our creator and this is our God. We need to have a heart and mind of conviction and resolve as believers that we will rest upon the Word of God and the truth that is revealed to us through the one true and living God. His Word is sufficient. We learned about that a couple weeks ago. His Word now needs to be preached and proclaimed from our very lives. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was the beginning of life. Look at verse 26 in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Interesting there, let us make man. Speaking of who? The Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right here in Genesis 1 in the creation account. Let us make man in our image. We read that here, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over the earth, and over every creeping 
thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. The beginning of life, made in God's image. The creator of the universe is the God of the Bible. He created you, and you did not evolve from some ape-like creature. We taught our kids that this week. There's no missing link. Stop searching for it. God created animals different, no soul, not in his likeness, but he created human beings in his likeness with a soul, and we'll hear this later, to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. God's word is trustworthy, and it informs us how, to, how life was made and who created the world and everything in it. This is our firm foundation. And because God created the world, then he has all authority over all of his creation. Amen? God is the creator. You and I are creation. He has authority over all that he has made. Why? Because he created it. Because he's God Almighty. We are not. We taught our kids that this week. He is the owner and ruler and king. And so to speak, he has given us his owner's manual of how to live life. How to return back to the one true and living God And he's given us that way, only way, through his son, Jesus Christ. Love that. He is the owner, and one day we will all bow down to him. Do you know that? Believer and non-believer alike, we will all bow down to him. Either we will bow down in excitement to be with him forever, as his children will do. Those who are in Christ will bow down in great excitement. And anticipation, the king has arrived. All will bow, all will proclaim that he is Lord. But to the dismay and sadness and utter destruction of the ungodly, they will bow down as well. They will bow down with heavy hearts and say, yes, this is exactly what I deserve. Before a holy and just God. They will bow down and they will also proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2, verses 10 through 11 says that. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But do you know who we will confess it to the glory of? To the glory of the Father. Every knee will bow to the glory of the Father. So what does it mean here in in Genesis 1, verse 27? So God created man in his own image. We are not like the animals as much as our biology classes will tell us. Or maybe you learned that in university. What does it mean to be created in God's image? In his own image. One, we need to know that we are not God. That's what it doesn't mean. He has perfect attributes that he does not share with us. But also, he has attributes that he does share with us in that he did create us in his image so that we can now relate to him and relate with him. Let's see if we can go through this. God is love, so people are able to 
love. Experience love. What a gift from God. God cares for us, so we're able to care for others with wonderful compassion and grace that God gives us. God is creative. We're able to be creative. Some of you are way more creative than me. I got the stick men down. You can add a little bit more than I can. I'm amazed by what my wife can do. God communicates with us. We're able to communicate with Him and with others. He's given that ability to communicate. God made and enjoys beautiful things. We're able to enjoy beautiful things, aren't we? Were you just amazed last Wednesday by the clouds that rolled in? Now, we're not in the Midwest, so we as Californians, we go, wow, wow, right? So when you hear thunder off in the distance, when you see lightning in the clouds at night, and when me and my kids are sitting in our backyard and just going, oh, oh, and then as the sun goes down, what do you see? A beautiful sunset. Isn't that amazing? God made and enjoys beautiful things. Guess what? We're able to enjoy those same things. God has authority over all. And what we just now read, even in verse 26, we have authority over the plants and the animals. God has given us dominion over those things. The beginning of life. We are made in God's image. We are not animals. We are human beings created in God's image. And we are very, 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 very different from all other creation. And yet God has also given us dominion over all creation. Number two. Number two in your notes. The wonder of life. Made with amazing design. The wonder of life, right? We taught our kids that we are made with amazing design. Yeah, we might have some, yeah, animals have eyeballs. We have eyeballs. Okay, I get that. But let me just share with you some other things that God has made human beings distinct from any other created thing. Engineers understand how to design strong yet light beams by putting the strong material toward the outside edges of a cross section and filling the inside with lighter, weaker material. This is done because the greatest amounts of stress occur on the surfaces of, of a structure when handling common bending or stresses. So what do we look at our bodies? A cross section of a human bone reveals that the strong material is on the outside and the inside is used as a factory for blood cells of various kinds. Is that not cool? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I love that. When you examine a sophisticated camera, how many of you own cameras? I'm sure all different kinds. When you examine a sophisticated camera with its ability to let in more or less light as needed and its ability to focus automatically over a vast range of field, you find repeated imitations of the operation of the human eye. It's the human eye that God has made. Isn't that amazing? And yet having two eyeballs... We also have depth perception, which gives us the ability to judge how far away an object is. Praise God. Now we can break a little sooner 
and when we see the brake lights ahead of us, at least maybe for some of us, all right? The human brain is also an amazing organ. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. It has the ability to learn, to reason, and control so many automatic functions of the body, such as heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing, and to maintain balance to walk, run, stand, and sit, all while concentrating on something else. That's pretty amazing. Some of you guys are like, I used to do those things. When it comes to miniaturization, the human body is also a marvel, fearfully and wonderfully made. For instance, information needed for the replication of an entire human body with every detail covered by God is stored in the double helix DNA strand found in the nucleus of each of the billions of cells in the human body. Amazing. But wait, there's more. And the system of information and control represented by our nervous system is amazingly compact in comparison to man's clumsy inventions of wires and optical cables. Each cell, once called a simple cell, right, is a tiny factory not yet fully understood by man. So as microscopes become more and more powerful, the incredible vistas of the human cell begin to come into focus even more. Our God's amazing. Consider the single fertilized cell of a newly conceived human life. From that one cell within the womb, develop all the different kinds of tissues, organs, and systems, all working together at just the right time in an amazingly coordinated process. Here's an example. I thought this was amazing. An example is the hole in the septum between the two ventricles in the heart of the newborn infant. The hole closes up at exactly the right time during the birth process to allow for the oxygenation of the blood from the lungs, which does not occur while the baby is in the womb and is receiving oxygen through the umbilical cord. Is that not amazing to you? But there's more. Our immune system is amazing. It's able to fight off so many enemies and restore itself from the smallest repair, even repairing bad portions of our DNA to the largest, mending bones and recovering from major accidents. There are diseases. I know some of you are thinking this morning, you're like, yes, yes, yes. But not everyone has perfect vision. Not everyone can here there are diseases that will eventually overcome the body as we age but we have no idea how many times through a lifetime that our immune systems have saved us from certain death and god has a purpose for allowing all of these these things into our lives you guys know that god has a definite purpose for that we have amazingly designed bodies that's for sure however there are some people whose eyes can't see, they are blind, or whose ears can't hear, they are deaf. Some aren't able to use their legs to walk. So here's the question. Did God make them with great care and purpose? Yes. God creates each person fearfully and wonderfully for His glory. 
we are told that through Psalm 139, 14. He doesn't make mistakes. In fact, each of us has limitations on what we can do because we live in a world that has been affected by the curse God placed on it after Adam sinned. None of us is able to perfectly fulfill God's original mandate to care for His creation in all ways at all times, but we can know that each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made by God in His image with infinite value. That is a good, good thing. Number three this morning. As we think of recommitting ourselves to the truths of God's word. Number one was the beginning of life. We are made in God's image. God is the creator of all things. Just a quick addition to number one. The words male and female were, were, were added by God for a purpose. When God creates someone male and female that's exactly his intended purpose they cannot choose to change it we must stand on biblical truth you might think i'm crazy but during our vbs week as kids were going over their verses especially genesis 1 i said so you're a man so if i'm talking to one of the boys and they're all yeah i'm a man i said exactly you are and that's exactly how god created you to be you cannot choose to choose is to be in rebellion of God's intended purpose. That's the result of sin. I was asking some of our little, little girls, so you're a, you're a young woman, you're a girl. Yeah, Pastor Shane. That's exactly right. And God exactly created you like that for that purpose. Keep living like it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you, know how, do you know how good that was to tell kids that on our campus this week? Especially today. Number three. So number one, the beginning of life made in God's image. Number two, the wonder of life made with amazing design. We, we, you, there's a ton more things you can read about our amazing design of, of just these wonderful bodies God has created. Number three, the value of life. Made with worth. The value of life. God values you and I greatly. Each and every person, young, old, sick, and healthy, is a priceless treasure. We were created in His image. This week, we also talked about how Christ came as a baby into this world, perfect. And yet, He came to die for sinners. That's why He came. That's why He shed His perfect blood on that cross. And only through Christ now are we made valuable. The kids went through the amazing genealogy found in Matthew uh, chapter 1 and the birth of Jesus Christ in, in Luke chapter 2. It was, like, it was like celebrating Christmas in June this week as we were talking through that. But it was, it was fun to, to think through Jesus Christ and his birth and the value of life. We are made with amazing worth because of God's perfect plan over creation and over our very lives. And we are more valuable than the birds or any other animal. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at verse 25 this morning. Just reminded of how we are much more valuable than 
animals and other creation. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Yes, we are. Doesn't God take care of us well? Believers and non-believers alike, doesn't He take care of us well? He makes the sun shine on the righteous and on the unrighteous. The rains come down on the righteous and on the unrighteous. We are valuable. Our worth as Christians comes from who we are now in Christ. We have been bought and purchased by the precious blood of the Lamb. We are His and He is ours. We have value. There's the value of life made with worth. Number four, eternal life. Thursday was a wonderful day at Vacation Bible School. Not only do we preach the gospel each day, but Thursday was a specific day where the gospel was highlighted and driven home. Eternal life made for relationship. God created us for relationship with Him. Sin distorts that relationship. It severs that relationship. Those who, now the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, are dead in sin and their trespasses. For those who come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and believe in Him, now they have eternal life. That relationship with God is restored through God the Father sending His perfect Son, God the Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place on that cross to shed his perfect blood for the forgiveness of sin that whoever would now believe in him would have eternal life. Turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. We looked at this account where Jesus Christ was good friends with Lazarus and Lazarus' sister, Mary and Martha. Lazarus has died. And now Jesus... Four days later, Lazarus was in the tomb, and Jesus has come, and we all know what happens, or maybe most of us know what happened. Lazarus will rise again from the tomb here. But more importantly, we'll look at eternal life and what is said here in Scripture. John chapter 11, look at verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God... God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the the last day. Point. 
Do you notice something here? What is Martha's response? I know that, that there will be a resurrection to come on the last day. Okay, I know he's going to be risen then. Isn't it awesome? Jesus, we, we get a little glimpse in what he was teaching his disciples and what he taught Martha. That there is a resurrection day coming where everyone will be resurrected unto eternal life or unto eternal death. Martha knew that. Isn't that cool? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. That was our memory verse from Thursday. Look at verse 26. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Long story short, Lazarus is risen from the dead. He died physically, he was risen physically. Yet, unfortunately, Lazarus would have to die again physically. And yet, then he would be with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, we're almost likely going to die here on this earth. Yet for me, and for those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I will experience the physical death here that comes because of sin. But because Jesus is our resurrection and our life, we will no longer experience the second death in the lake of fire in hell for all eternity. That is a wonderful, wonderful truth. That is the good news of the gospel. That those who put their faith in Christ alone now will be with him. We will live even though we die. Isn't that awesome? Scripture is very clear on that. So eternal life, we were now made for relationship. As I go out witnessing and, and share the gospel, I like to tell people, eternal life starts now. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life starts now and lasts forever, right? Now it's a daily relationship. God has restored you to a right relationship with himself through his son so that now you can walk with him daily into eternal life that we will experience with him. That's what we taught these kids this week. That eternal life starts now and lasts forever. I'm reminded through Romans 8.11 that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. Do you believe that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit that now indwells every believer. So eternal life, we were made for relationship. Point number five that we need to recommit ourselves to in the truth of God's word and have a heart of resolve and conviction using your life made for a reason. God has purchased your life. Your life is no longer your own. You have been bought at a high price. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, glorify God in your body. He wants to use you. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. 
He wants to use you for good works. You were made for a reason. As believers in Christ Jesus, not only has our salvation been paid and given to us freely, our sin has been paid for, our salvation is a free gift of God. We cannot boast about that. But we've, God has also set up all these good works now for us that He prepared beforehand for us now to walk in them. So not only was our salvation a gift, but now all these good works God has prepared beforehand so that we might walk in them in loving obedience to Him. And how do we know how to walk in those good works? His Word, our firm foundation given to us to now walk 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 in the spirit so that we're not gratifying the desires of our flesh walk in a way that honors and pleases the lord ephesians chapter 2 look at verse 10 for we are his workmanship that's value and worth by the way we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should what walk in them and he's given us everything we need to walk in them through the power of the holy spirit the power of his word the power of the gospel he's given us everything we need to walk in these good works that he's prepared beforehand i love that you and i are created on purpose for a purpose Life has meaning and purpose in Christ. Our work is unto the Lord now and not unto man. Now we serve the King. Our work is unto Him. I love that. And what's our, what's our primary work that God has given us to do? Make disciples, share the gospel, proclaim Christ, live for Him, live for His glory. Continue to be a bright, shining light in a dark world. Be that salt. Don't lose your flavor, your saltiness. Continue to proclaim Christ. And guess what? He says, while you're doing that, you're going to be insulted, persecuted, struck down, but not destroyed. It's going to be hard here. We learned even through 2 Timothy, those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You will be persecuted for holding these five truths. Holding to, to the firm foundation of Scripture. And there's so many more, right? You will be persecuted because you say there's only one way to have, your, have a right relationship with God. You will be persecuted because you say that God has created all things that he is the only creator and maker of all things. You will be persecuted because you tell others that they have been created in the image of God. Male and female, he created them. And that's the truth of God's word. You will be persecuted. But guess what? In the view of our Heavenly Father, you will be a pleasing aroma to him. You live to please the one who's now purchased your life by the blood of his son. That's who we're living for, to please him. I love that. 
we must continue to do all things for the glory of God. We are a part of a church. You're part of a church family for the glory of God. Right? We love our spouse for the glory of God. We serve our families and point our kids to Christ for the glory of God. We love our grandkids and share the gospel with them for the glory of God. We serve in the local church for the glory of God. We work for the glory of God and provide for our families for the glory of God. We take care of our households and families for the glory of God. We worship the Lord because He deserves glory and He does everything for His name's sake. If I have not covered all of your life and other areas of your life, let me just wrap that all up and say that's all for the glory of God. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We are made to glorify God and exalt him. And we can fully do that on this earth only through Christ. I look forward to that day where we will perfectly glorify and exalt God in heaven, in our new bodies. Are you looking forward to that day? Here's my encouragement and admonition to you with these, some of these truths that we looked at this morning, especially these five. Stay the course, church. Even through the uncertainties of the times. Why? Because God is doing everything for His glory and praise and He wants to use you to be His bright shining light in the world for His glory. We can stand firm in the all-sufficient Word of God. We can stand even when the Word isn't popular. Let me tell you this. This Word is not very popular. But this Word changes lives. So we'll continue to preach it. Because we want lost, non-believers, unsaved family members to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this God's powerful, all-sufficient word transforms and changes lives. You and I do not. And we must stand on the truth given us regarding these five biblical truths today. It's going to be hostile this week. Some of you guys go back to your jobs and your workplaces, your families and your friendship groups that don't know Jesus Christ. Here's the amazing thing. Even some family and friends who do know Jesus Christ and they're upset over this decision that happened last week. That, that is bonkers to me, by the way. Bonkers. Absolute bonkers. That's a nice word to say, insane and evil and weird. We, as God's children, hold true to God's word, and we continue to stand firm in it. I'll end on this. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. We'll read this and... And then close our time together in the Word. Can you tell we've had a wonderful week at VBS? I hope so. I hope so. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Amen? Let all that you do be done in love. Ephesians 5.1 Imitate God. That's what our call is. And I guarantee you, as you live for the Lord, as you hold to these biblical truths, we will be a sweet, pleasing aroma to our God and King who has purchased us by the blood of His Son and given us life 
and worth and purpose now in Christ. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You are perfect in all of your ways. Your word is true and powerful. It changes lives from the inside out. Father, I thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. That you have created me in your image as a man. You've created me with purpose and value. Father, help me to live for you and your glory and your praise. Thank you for the works that you've prepared beforehand so that I might walk in them in wonderful, loving obedience to you. Thank you for giving us your word that guides us home, Lord. It's your word that guides us home, keeps us on that straight and narrow path. Lord, may we have wonderful joy this morning. Though the nations rage, Lord, such turmoil. Father, our hearts also break for those who are in such rebellion to you. May we be bold and courageous proclaimers of your gospel this week. May your word go forth in power to change lives. Father, may we not shrink away from your truth, but proclaim it. And all that we do, Lord, may it be done in love. Of the love that you pour out on us daily, may we love others with that same love. Speaking the truth in that wonderful love. Father, help us to stand firm in this wacky culture that we live, Lord. Good is evil, evil is good. Father, I pray that we would hold to what is precious in your sight, and that is life. Not only life in the womb, life given to us, Lord, outside the womb, but eternal life. Father, may we be about your work and your business this week. So move and work in our very lives. We thank you so much for the lives that were affected for the gospel even this last week at VBS. Would those kids take that message and bring it into their lives and their extended family members and Lord, may your gospel go forth in power. So Lord, we love you and as we respond with more worship to your great name through song and through giving and through more fellowship after our service here, Lord, may you be glorified, high, and lifted up. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.